Welcome to Q Talks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Q Talks. I'm Paras Arora, and I'll be hosting this podcast series by Q Desk, a one-on-one chat with industry top professionals who are shaping and building flexible workspace ecosystem. My guest today is Ashish Goenka, director at Red Bricks Offices. Red Bricks is a leading serviced and managed office brand. with 16 centers across Mumbai, Pune and Hyderabad. Ashish had a versatile and blended career from consulting to private equity to sales and now entrepreneurship. Very warm welcome Ashish. I'm really happy and glad that you agreed to do this. Welcome to Q Talks. Thank you Paris. I am really excited. So, let me start with, you know, your journey till date. your career graph i mean i was going through your profile your bio i mean you worked with some companies uh, like i mentioned consulting to private equity to now real estate just tell us uh, you know about your starting point and where you are right now so i've had a very diverse kind of career as they would like to put it uh, so that makes me almost unemployable now <laughs> um but uh, you know i i started out in tech so my early years of my life i was actually a techie i did computer science from king's college london uh and joined sun microsystems and i worked with the startup by uh, two startups actually in that time and this was you know going back uh, pre pre dot com bubble burst so i'm showing my age here but uh, that was uh, that was my early early part of my career later on kind of halfway through i realized i wanted more people interaction wanted to be more around sales and business and that's where my strengths lie and so i decided to keep that tech hat on and joined consulting firm i was with uh, kpmg consulting in the uk somehow i managed to get an accounting degree out of that going with that i decided let's try out finance and i was in banking mostly in tech banking for a few years and then i decided to return to india in 2008 around that time bombay connect was started which was the first co-working space of india and lots of little things here and there and uh, ended up setting up an investment bank in india that then recently got sold to a chinese investment bank and bombay connect was kind of a very exciting place for me because we were doing so much there with entrepreneurs and you know it helped me to get all that business finance technology all of that all of those things that i felt passionate about and felt excited about was all happening in bombay connect in that first co-working space so i loved that vibe and that environment and then i decided to uh, start scaling that from the one unit that we had in bandra uh, and and grew it to a few uh, to five units in bandra uh, and then i ended up uh, merging that business with red brick offices which is our family business and now we are uh, as as you say 16 centers across three cities almost 10000 seats so that's been a journey but i think that the core of all of that was people and that people thing kept drawing me into more more community oriented work and and this is why i think the co-working sector really attracted me i also started a few event properties here excuse my language but it's called fuck up nights uh, where we celebrate failure celebrate people who fucked up and then i also started a morning uh, fitness party called wonderize so i dabbled in a lot of different things but it was all at the heart of all of that was community great um, you know i'm a little challenged on uh, summarizing this but 
one thing I want to say, Ashish, is that I would have been upset if you not been in sales. Uh, you're such a you know warm person to meet, and in fact, I was just telling you uh, before we started the session that I've just met you twice, and I remember you absolutely vividly. The kind of vibe you give is as if we know each other for quite some time. So you had to be in sales, and uh, I'm happy that you're getting back to your hidden passion, which is design and building a beautiful community-driven workspaces. Um, so I think you started as an outlier and now coming back to the whole family thing. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, what exactly is the model of Redbricks now in terms of you know, your positioning and your current metrics? In terms of uh, model, we, we're landlords as well. And then we buy, build, operate. Even our um, build-outs, fit-outs, everything is in-house. So we're a fully vertically integrated business. Uh, which means we have a lot of flexibility in the way we operate. So when we talk about flexible space, it's not just the flexibility of the lease term or the flexibility of the lock-in or this, that, the other, which are this, just contractual things. It's ultimate flexibility. We will design, build, we will rebuild, we will break, we will, op- we will create whatever workspace our clients want, whatever workspace our clients can work best out of. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I can vouch for that. I've seen your spaces in, uh, especially Hyderabad and, uh, you know, the whole being an epitome of flexibility. Like I really like when you say that uh, this is a nice, uh, space to be in as far as positioning also is concerned, because there are a lot of, uh, uh, providers who give flexible terms who are very much deal centric, but you know, when it comes to customization, there could be, you know, yes and a no. But with you, like you said, we want to be absolute flexible, uh, you know, provider. That is that is a good thing to have and a good space to be in. So we love learning from providers uh, as far as COVID is concerned and the whole work from home movement. Some saying that it's going to be a permanent phenomena. Some say it's going to be five to ten percent of their portfolio. But what is that silver lining which everyone is talking of uh, for flex spaces? So short term, yes, there's a lot of pain and uh, it is really unfortunate. And I really, my heart goes out to all those who've been affected by COVID and I wish everyone well and I wish everyone to be safe. I think if you ask me how I think it's going to develop, see, in the past, what was the story? The story was that corporates would take their large offices and then whatever extra stuff that they need, there was there was a big HQ somewhere and then whatever extra stuff they, they need, whether it was a a city office or a, a sales office somewhere or a back office somewhere, they might look at a flex operator for that, right? So that was the model. Now, what's happened means that the HQ is definitely going to shrink, right? Because what companies have realized, and I, I speak to clients almost on a daily basis, I'm sure you do as well, Paras, is that a lot of the functional uh, roles which don't require a person to be sitting in an office, which does not require that much collaboration, does not need to be in high-priced real estate, one. And two, a lot of them can actually operate from remote locations or even work from home. So there is going to be a culling of that space in the HQ, and this is going to be a major shift in the commercial real estate sector globally. And there's no... there's there's pretty much consensus beyond that. There's hardly any doubt about that. But you look at the other side, you know, we all know the challenges of working from home. I'm sitting in my office right now because 
me trying to do this talk at home with three kids running around on a Friday evening, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, you know, that, that's one aspect, but there are lots of other challenges with respect to data security, with respect to challenges around confidentiality, with respect to productivity, with respect to a lot of things that are going on in, in, in the workspace, right? Which, which are, with respect to especially collaboration. So lots of things that happen in a workspace, it's difficult for that to happen at home. Yeah. And that aspect means that although HQ will shrink and some of that will be taken by work from home, there will be a really big gap in the middle. And that gap is going to be filled by flex. Bang on, Ashish. Uh, in fact, what you just said, I've been you know, talking at uh, some webinars or internally, even with clients. Uh, let me share with you, you know, what I exactly feel. And this is, uh, and I think I'll be mimicking you because I feel that you know, the whole concept of head office, uh, which used to be 100,000 square feet or more than that, I think it will become 33%, uh, uh, like a one third. And that will now be called as, you know, strategic corporate office where you have data sensitive, senior leadership and the think tank there. And then it would be supported again, one third uh, by multiple spokes. That becomes a vault of the hub and this becomes spokes, which would be in the form of co-working or flex spaces. Uh, and, and then the final last leg, whether it's work uh, from home or near home or from or work anywhere. So remote working is it's, it's going to be, I think, here to stay, whether it is at home or near home. Again, flex as a play there. And then in the middle, you said, which was like, you know, initially, you know, same time in 2018, you know, two years back, corporate just started thinking of flex and it was like one or two percent maximum 5% of their portfolio, like you said, you know, the so extra stuff. Now, this is going to change, you know, from that 5%, it will now 35% or maybe going 40%. That's so, like you said, it is the Paytm demonetization moment towards the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. Great. So what about funding and expansion? I know it's a, you know, family business. So how, how are you guys uh, organically growing it or there is an infusion of capital? So we've been uh, we've been very lucky till now. We've been able to grow without any external capital, uh, mainly based on uh, internal accruals, uh, some family money, and also some uh, financing from banks and various other things like that. So, so I've always believed that I think you know we we it is important for the for the model to to stand up on its own. And if it does, then yes, we will look at external funding for. For various aspects of it which might, might 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 come up in future but right now i think um exactly i, think, you know, I mean i'm with okay. you i mean the way you are approaching it it's absolutely right wisdom around the space and you know i had some friends uh, who got really carried away started uh, you know uh taking up centers and uh, the whole unit economics was not really in place it was more of a growth story and i used to tell them that you know, even QDES being a tech company and scalable VCs have always said that, okay, I don't know how big it's going to be. You'll always get a strategic partner or a private equity. I think it is similar to a retail, uh, you know, where you don't really get a VC. You get a, you know, once you become large, you have a stable cash flow, you straight away become very big. And you, I think the best way to fund this would be like, you know, a stable cash flow and then you get a bank funding. And then finally... Uh, reaching a stage where you're, you know, managing say 10, 20,000 seeds, there's a good stable cash flow, nice occupancy profile, and then, you know, private equity players would be 
uh, attracted or maybe you know MA here and there I mean, who knows i mean there's there's lots of ways out right so you can also think about a reit if you especially given our model where we own a lot of our assets we could also think about a reit you could think about a listing you could think about strategic partners uh, there's lots of ways of, about uh, about thinking about funding and we've seen a lot of these models around the world um so um so so we'll we'll wait and see about that but i think I think you know. In hindsight, given what what's happening right now in the market with COVID, um, we are all. I think all co-working providers are feeling the pinch. Um, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't have complained right now if I had a nice little uh, stash of 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 uh, burnable cash sitting around the corner. <laughs> Let me put it that way. But I think we'll continue to grow. I think our growth plans are still very very ambitious and. Uh, when we need, we will definitely look at uh, the various models of funding available. But right now, uh, we're still trying to manage in a more traditional manner. Great. So, assuming it was not COVID and you are at 16 centers, where you would have been by end of this year? If COVID hadn't been there, then I think we would have had at least four more centers side of the three cities that we're already in. And despite all of these things going on, we're just, we just launched one of our centers in Pune, a brand new center in the Panchil Business Park in Balewari. We've just launched it with, with a client. We've also started work on another center in Thane with the Loda Group. So we've taken possession and started our work. And that was a brand new, again, a new venture that we've, we've, we've initiated. Uh, we are looking at opportunities uh, and evaluating them. And we will continue to uh, to walk down the growth path, but we might be taking a slight pause for now as the situation develops. Quite understandable, uh, because when the economy is wounded and people are not coming to office and terminating their lease, it would get into correction, and correction could be as high as 30 to 40%, depending on the micro market. So it would be good once we have a horizon or a visibility of things coming normal to you know, uh, acquire a couple of more spaces, I would recommend that you know you should look at NCR market in Gurgaon and Noida. Also, why I say that is that you know when the whole economy and sectors are fractured, when they come back, now the emergence is going to be of flex economy. We all talked about shared economy uh, for some years. I think it's going to be a flex economy now, where people will attach business. Uh, the overall business with the entire wrap of flexibility, not just office space, that would include probably human resource as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Great. Uh, Let's go a little personal. Uh, I really wanted to ask, I could have avoided, but you know, there are only two people right now uh, who have three daughters. (laughs) One is you and other one is my father-in-law. So, (laughs) and he's very lucky and strong. So I assume you have the same traits. Well, I hope so. I I look forward to my luck hitting me in the face very, very soon. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'm very happy to have my three daughters. They're really, I honestly, I get so much love from them. It's just unbelievable. And I, I often used to, when I was growing up, I just have one sister. And my dad, I always was jealous of my dad, my dad and my sister's relationship. I used to always think my sister gets away with everything. And, uh, and you know, she, she was just the sweetie pie of the house. And 
especially of my dad and there was nothing she could do wrong and i used to feel very jealous i think <laughs> but now that i've had daughters i kind of get why my dad is coming from it's just they can't do no wrong it's just uh, unbelievable i think i think the strength part comes later on because they're still young <laughs> so i have to be strong when they when they start uh, you know meeting boys and things like that and not to drive them away or what not i don't know what i'm going to do then but uh, but right now i'm i'm just really enjoying my time with them especially in this lockdown it's it's kind of uh, it's been challenging as well because they were all stuck in one house but it's also been really good to to see them work see them grow see them spend more time with them and it's been it's been wonderful could agree more i mean uh, i know this father daughter equation and love is slightly you know very difficult to imagine uh, it's it's absolutely unmatched you know one of the things about being a father and growing up as a boy especially in a country like india where boys are just so pampered and uh, you know kings of the world in everyone's houses it's yeah. just you don't realize uh, you don't know how what kind of things girls go through because you're just so self-absorbed in your own little world so now having to go having to deal with you know uh, an almost a teenager a 9 year old and a 7 year old and having seen them grow from little you know babies that used to fit in my hand to to big girls who have opinions and who have mood swings and who have a lot of things happening with their physiology uh, it's just it's it's really humbling it's actually really a humbling experience to to see the miracle of nature honestly wow you know with that kind of experience and your personal life i think you it's time that uh, you should start writing books started <laughs> you know what i i see a lot of people writing books nowadays so i've been thinking about it you know but honestly i don't have the time <laughs> that's maybe maybe when i'm older and retired i'll think about reminiscing about all these things and and writing writing books about it usually in fact i can give you a topic which is part of my next one which is the whole hashtag unschooling what is that ashish <laughs> so you know there's so much talk around the world around social media about education is broken education does not uh, serve the the children of the 21st century doesn't get them ready for the for the fourth digital revolution fourth industrial revolution it doesn't prepare them for the future blah 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 so um so from a very young age we've been very alternative in terms of our education uh, we started off in montessori um and uh, then we went into a homeschooling environment where we were just spending more time with the girls at home and and teaching them whatever we could um and and also working with a few materials and some curriculums and then we we kind of realized that it's not always possible to as parents to be able to give the children the kind of dedicated attention they need unless we are full time par- parents mm-hmm. and so then we did put them in a school for a year uh they've been there for a year in a girls school and then we've just taken them out again and we're about to move to another school which is again an alternative school it's a farm based school uh where it's not that much about uh, i mean so they don't it's not that they don't focus on the education but it's a very holistic approach to education so there's a lot of things unschooling is not about like keeping your kids at home and making them do online classes i think it's more an attitude right 
I think Ashish, I'm with you on certain aspects. Uh, of course, it is not about uh, taking them out of school. It is the change of narrative. Uh, yeah, it is. It used to be like to be done, to be learned, to a new narrative, which should be like why, and and how. More of a you know understanding the fundamental part of it because you know to be honest with you, I was in a great school. We had great great uh, you know uh, upbringing, but. A lot of things we learned once we came into the corporate life, and we our ability, especially in my case, to be an entrepreneur came much later. Had yeah. it a foundation where I could have questioned, I could have you know uh, dwelt more on the fundamental aspects of what I'm studying, rather than just grabbing and getting the numbers. So I, I agree with you. There has to be change in narrative, but it is happening. It is happening, especially on the urban you know side and. Uh, uh, there are international and progressive schools. Some are good. Some are, you know. I I don't think there's any good school or bad school. I think they're all trying their best. They just all have a different approach. I mean, one of the things is uh, one of the reasons why I've been able to we've been able to do a lot of these things is because of my wife. My wife is a trained Montessorian. She's a master's in elementary education from Tata Institute of Social Sciences. She's a trained Reggio Emilia person. And she's very passionate about how kids learn and how kids grow. And so she has spent a lot of time and effort and invested a lot of these things and these values and principles into our household and created this environment. Lovely. I mean, I'll take offline with you. Uh, you know, yeah, we will. We definitely should. We have a uh, uh, you know, next important decision, uh, definitely would like to talk to your wife and learn, uh, you know, what we don't know. It'll so cost wait. you, I'm telling you, whether she charges you or not, I'm going to charge you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to use your reference. So, <laughs> so, you know, moving towards the final leg again on the personal side, uh, what is that one thing you're missing because of COVID? I think... I think what everyone else is, right? Connection. You know, like I, about five, maybe six years ago with a couple of friends, I started a group called the the Unfit Dads Football Group. <laughs> and we used to play football once a week. And uh, over, over a period of four years, that became a really competitive, large group. And we've been playing in tournaments and we've been doing a lot of, you know, we, we, we played almost four or five games a week. That's how much football we're playing. Every night we'd play football. And, um, and you know, that's, I mean, obviously I miss playing football, but that's not the aspect that you miss the most. What you miss the most is that camaraderie, that connection, that post-football, you know, chatter, the banter. And yeah, you can replace some of that with online and phone calls and things like that. But it's it's the momentum and the kind of, the kind of norm that had been built around it. I, I, I don't know how that will develop in future. So I really look forward to finding those moments again. Definitely. I mean, uh, missing the, the whole outdoor and energy and collaboration. So it was wonderful having you. And uh, I really enjoyed the session. And I'm sure a lot of people who will listen to this podcast, they will love the whole uh, you know, the journey uh, from a consulting, computer science, accounting. I mean, it's like a walking MBA you are. And then to, you know, creating the first co-working, then merging it with Redbricks brand. And then the personal side also, which you touched. Thank you so much. Yeah, Paras, really, really enjoy it. Telling my, I had forgotten a lot of these stories of my own. So 
आई एम वेटिंग नाउ दैट आई शुड बी ऑन द अदर साइड बिकॉज चलो कब करना है बोलो आई डू इट आई इंटरव्यू यू नाउ विल डू दैट विल डू दैट डू अ रिवर्स क्यू टॉक विल डू दैट